Today's episode of the Nick Bot Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, putting in some new windows, new door can be super exciting, can also be super intimidating, can be super confusing. Don't even know where to begin. Well, let me help you out. First of all, you got to go with Pella. And when you go with Pella, there are a couple options you can uh, go to get things started. First of all, you can schedule a free in-home consultation. That's right. It's 100% free. You're going to be able to get a Pella expert out to sit down with you, look at your home, and they're going to be able to put together a Scott Frost-esque game plan for you that fits your budget, your home, your wants, and your needs. That's one option. Or you can add it to the showroom. Showroom's fantastic. I was blown away when I went out there, man. Sometimes it actually helps to see the window and door and open it and close it to get a better feel of exactly what you are going to be installing into your home. That is also a great option as well. Just know that when you go with Pella, they can 100% Provide window and door solutions to any home. Give them a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. It's PellaOmaha.com. All right, on the pod today, Bo Robert Root. It's been a while since we fired up a wine pod, and uh, we got a lot to talk about with the news coming out of the Nebraska transfer portal that J.D. Spielman has officially entered the transfer portal. Not necessarily too surprising given the leave of absence over the last handful of months with J.D. Spielman, but nevertheless, a lot to dissect and unpack and and break down with this whole situation with J.D. Spielman and uh, his, uh, his decision to officially transfer, what the wide receiver situation and offense looks like now without J.D. Spielman. Lots to discuss. We had a lot of fun. We crushed a bottle of Pinot Noir, a bottle of wine. It was fantastic. So let's get to it. Here's a little wine pod. Uh, yours truly, Bo Rude, talking about the big news. J.D. Spielman officially entering the transfer portal. The last time Bo Rude was here and we did something to, uh, to, to alter our mindsets, as we will put it, it was the Stogie Whiskey Jordan last dance pod and now we got a wine pod going <sighs> that Jordan thing seems like that was in like a year ago does it not because we live in a world where a lot changes what happens quickly things are moving quickly today we are drinking a uh, a bottle of wine and what do you think you walked into my house today and I merely took you to a box of wine that had just come to my house I am at the point, if people said, so what'd you do? Like right now, if someone said, so what, what, what happened during quarantine? Like my highlight of my quarantine is me just opening bottles of wine, drinking wine, going online, buying wine, <laughs> tracking the wine, getting sent to my house. Do I need to slow down on all the wine that I'm You've drinking? Even smoking here? stogies, drinking whiskey, I mean, beers. It's hard. I mean... I think there is uh, there's lots of reasons to celebrate, and there's lots of reasons to to booze, to booze, and decompress. Well, I, I, see, here's the thing: you were on a like, you know, what's nice about the wine pods is like, if you split a bottle of wine, you're gonna feel good, but not feel bad tomorrow. But if you cash a whole bottle of wine yourself, there's a chance you're gonna be feeling it tomorrow. And I had one of those last last Friday because your boy your boy had to play Mrs. Doubtfire on that ass. <laughs> Three little, so I had Mava, and then two of her friends came over, and one's her cousin. So it's seven years old, six years old, four years old, four years old. Just me in charge of three little girls. And let me tell you, by the end of the day, by the time they left, I had to drink a whole bottle. I don't know how anybody does it. To all the mothers out there in the world. <laughs> Now that my friends and my brother and sister have kids, I see I see how, what it's like to raise a little kid. And I, I swear to you, I don't know how somebody does a full day. Like I'm talking, I got an hour. Like in son me. Of, yeah, you. I got an hour. Because Mava loves you. I give like her you a just good give hour. Her, you give her like spurts. You know, and you then hit her with a lot of energy, talk, whatever. And then, and then, I, then start, I start going, all right, is this over? Because like, yeah, it's hard, are you man. as tired as I am? I know. But like... You did a full day with three kids. A couple of them were not your own. And no, and 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 it's what's funny about that is like the 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 roles of like a guy in a situation versus a girl. It's so it is kind of BS. How like if a girl like if if Kim would have done that, no one would have thought twice about it. It's like because well she's a girl, she takes care. But like 
if if the dad does it, I feel like all my brother, because it was one of my brothers, could he was like, wow. He texted me halfway through. He's like, you need some help? And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm going to prove that I can do this to everyone. <laughs> but it's just there's some like gender stuff with that that's just, oh, that's, for sure. that's for just sure. built I'll, into it. I'll say it's our generation is light years better than the generation. Because oh. didn't your dad say he was like, you, you've changed a diaper? Like He, he walked in. <laughs> Mava was like, I mean, maybe two months old, and he walked into my house, and it was just me holding Mava. And he walked in, and you would have thought I was holding like a grenade. And he was like, <laughs> stopped in his tracks. And he was like, "Where's Kim?" And I was like, "She's at work." Be careful with that. He was like, he, was, he goes, "You, do you know what you're doing?" And I was like, "Yeah, I know what I'm doing." Let me ask you a question, Dad. If I handed you this baby, would you know what you're doing? It's, What's your dad like with he's I now got a whole... I would say he would... If you said, did you take care of the kids ever? He'd say, yeah, I did. I took care of the kids. And, you know, cut to Tom Ray, Tom Rue's brain, like, <laughs> thinking of, like, the six times he ever had all the kids for an entire day. I bet he changed a couple of diapers, but he, I just don't think that generation were responsible to have to do it. (laughs) And there's going to be some that did, but I think there's a big chunk of them that were like, their job was to work. Right. And they, they learned from their parents. There was roles and that's what, that's all they knew. Here's the thing though, to like, to not like bash on our fathers. The one thing about our, first of all, who was our football coach growing up? Our dad, Tom rude. Yeah. You know, and who never missed a single basketball game, football game, like our dads. My dad was at, never missed anything of that. Uh, but it's just, yeah, the, the, uh, the look that I feel like I got from my brother of like, wow, how about you? All three little girls. And what's nice is like they can, they, they entertain each other, but every 20 minutes you're putting out some giant fight, giant something or other. And it's not good. Oh, I knew but, not to invite you. Over. But once they left, you started drinking. I started boozing hard, dog. And I, before you know it, I was on my back deck and I had cashed a whole bottle of wine. And I had to, like, I just had to, like, I, I'm at the point now where, like, basically, there's just wine is so exciting. A bottle, like, who doesn't like a, a full bottle of wine? Is just it's super exciting right now. And just like right now, there's nothing better than when that wine is going down. So wine's, oh. wine's unique in the sense that usually within the first drink, you know, this is going down good and I can drink a whole weird? bottle. Or you have one sip and you're like, I don't know if I even got a second sip. This stuff's tasting good right now. This is dog. good. Do you think, how has it been, real quick, before we get into the J.D. Spielman stuff, how much are you missing sports or have you found yourself like adapting to without sports? No, I find myself Googling Husker football news three <laughs> times a day. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Because I am deprived of something like some, I, I, I think I need sporting events to watch. Right. Or it comes out in those weird ways. I have found I think I think there's a subconscious thing knowing that it's going to come back. There's a big difference between something coming back or like leaving and you don't know if it's going to come back. Like it's going to come back at some point. So that helps you kind of like feel okay about it, I guess. But I found with certain people that like all we talked about was sports and now like these conversations like there's kind of you. You got to dig a little well, bit. They're on becoming like your, political. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I know. Now I know. Now there's like, well, you you that either went to the coronavirus talk or just like some other like societal things, which are fine. But like I've found that if I don't have sports to talk about with certain people, I have a hard time communicating with certain people. Well, I think my favorite thing to to talk about with people I know well, or especially people I don't know well yeah it's like you can if you if they know sports i'll like them pretty much right um but it's like that's that was that's always an easy bridge um where if they you know if now there's no sports on the table it's like oh then the then the subject matter becomes a little bit more specific challenging dog yeah we got a good subject today jd spielman has officially entered the transfer portal and I guess there's like 
10 different offshoots of this conversation I want to get Did into. you think that he was that he was that, actually going to come back? That's though? where I wanted to start with it. I didn't. I so I think the there's been a mixed reaction to this because I think people have there's a lot of people like me that I think have had months to get to like get used to the idea that JD Spielman is not coming back. I guess let me throw back do you did you think he was going to come back? You know, I think I was probably lined myself if I thought that he was. I think when somebody leaves for like leaves of absence are usually a really bad sign. And right. that's my hunch was he wasn't, but I think I was kind of like when you want something to happen, right. You're, you kind of like correcting in your you, mind. Yeah. You're like, well, since I want it, I think it will. Well, here, I, I, I guess the, I didn't think he was going to come back, but the only thing that I thought maybe he would was because of the fact that JD Spielman, like he hasn't graduated. He already redshirted. Like he wasn't in a situation where he had a lot of options if he wanted to go continue to play football somewhere else. So I thought like if there was any situation that made sense for him that if he wanted to continue to play football, it honestly was at Nebraska. So his only help me out here. So his only chance is if the NCA grants him a special waiver to be able to transfer cuz he is not graduated and he has used his red shirt. That's the way I understand it. Is he would need a waiver to play FBS football, aka like go to Minnesota or something like that. What a I just think that's a bad decision. Well, I know that's why I don't that's why I think like if if I had to guess right now, does J, I my guess is JD Spielman's done with football. That's my guess. Look, then why would he enter, enter the that's transfer I don't, I don't portal? Know. I, maybe because I guess to, he could go to the FCS, but it's like, does JD Spielman really want to go play at Cracker Barrel University? <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't pay you in scholarship, but in biscuits and gravy. <laughs> I mean, at this point, his options are Cracker Barrel University. Old Country Buffet State. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because here's the thing, too, is with some of the waiver stuff, the school that is that you're transferring from, they have to, like, sign off on it. You think Scott Frost... Not Minnesota. If if he's going to go to Minnesota, it's going to be like, nah, bro, you're going to Cracker Barrel Tech, (laughs) where your ass is eating... Pancakes and, and French <laughs> oh, I, toast. Hey, no way are you signing off anything Big Ten or Big Twelve. No way. Nothing that would. I wonder. The one thing I've thought about is Oregon State. Um, I just don't know how much bad blood. I, this whole thing's been hard to read from the outside looking in. On like, if there's, I, I don't like, think he's. I don't. You know what? Why would you let him go to Oregon State? Because that's like. That's the Mike Riley people stealing. That yeah, exactly. I don't you know I mean, that they, like they stole Tristan Jebbia, and I'm yeah, sure Frost like, still feels some type of guess way what? about that. Like no, like, like don't incentivize these bad. Tyjon Lindsay, I think, went there. Yeah. And all that stuff. So I mean, yeah, I think at some point it's like, dude, quit plucking. You players get to go to FCS from, like, if you don't want to play. You for can us. go to Old Country Buffet <laughs> State. You're not going to Oregon State, okay? <laughs> but I guess I don't know. That's where, and maybe you're right, as you said. Like my guess was he wasn't going to play anymore. But if you're not going to play, why are you entering the transfer portal? But the hard part is like some of these schools might act like, oh, we're going to be able to get you a waiver. I mean, the NCAA, you never know what they're going to do. No, I mean the reason Minnesota would maybe have the best chance is like he would be going home, and he could blame it on the like you know you could not to make light, but like you'd be like, oh, the coronavirus. I wanted to come. What I don't know, but yeah. like. I don't know. I just, boy, would it be, it'd be pretty crazy if there would be a waiver granted on a variety of levels if, like, J.D. Spielman is lining up for Minnesota playing football next year. Well, that, because are you, the, the, so Nebraska has to sign off on any big I mean, 10 I, school? To a certain extent, I'm not sure how much, I think they can, I think they, they can attempt to block certain things or they can, yeah. they can make things harder or uh, whatever. I, I just can't imagine you don't do that because he's a good enough player and it's a big it, enough rival that like it's big 10 West. I mean that that's a, it's a 
top five player for our team. Yes. Just going to the one of our two biggest competitors. It's hard. It is a. I'm usually one of those guys that is like, you know, like I'll support the player, and usually it's a bad look for coaches to put up a stink for, or, you know, try to block certain transfers. But it's like, if this dude tries to go to Minnesota, like that's a hard one to just, if you're Frost, say, yeah, fax it on over and I'll sign it. You know, well, like, you know, what's, here's what's funny is like when you, when we speak about transfers, it's usually like, the backup quarterback that's really good no got eventual. beat out. Yeah, like no, no like he like Frost isn't going to put up a stink about Rutgers. No, or you know Joe like the Joe Burrows of the right. world. Like those are the backups that get beat out. Like it's different when it's an all time. Um, I mean, statistically, statistical one of the most decorated players, receivers to ever- in your in your school's history is transferring. Who's the only starter you have at wide receiver? Right. So it's it's a little. It's a little funny that it's that's the situation. It's not a situation where, hey, how can you block this guy? He just wants to go somewhere and play. It's like, no, he's playing and we need him badly, and he's transferring. Right. So, I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. But so let, let me let me let's like set JD up here because I mean JD Spielman, third all time in Nebraska football history in receptions, fourth all time in receiving yards. If he would have just had, if he would have stayed here and played this year and would have just had like an average year, he would have broke both of those records. So J.D. Spielman had an opportunity to leave Nebraska as the all-time leader in catches and receiving yards in school history. And he has elected to go somewhere else, I guess, can we start with like, before we get into how big of a deal this is, let's get into JD specifically. Yeah. How good, what's weird is what I just said, like this guy could have been the most, like he could have not just like been number one in both those categories, would have like shattered both records probably. Yeah. And yet, when I put a pen to paper and I write down like five greatest wide receivers to ever play Nebraska, JD Spielman's not on that list. Help me out. How good was J.D. Spielman? Oh, I mean, he's, to me, like, I could probably name 10 better receivers. Yeah. But he, like, at the same time, when you look at our current lineup, like, other yeah, than Wandale, yeah. he's our best receiver. Oh, like, God, hell yeah. You know, we need that guy, and, and I don't want to take away anything he did. Like, he got, you know, he made a lot of plays. He did a lot of good things. But I also don't think, I mean, he had a ton of opportunity, like, the ball came to him a lot. Like, he got a lot of bubble screens, and he just got targeted a lot. Um, and he just, you know, he got to play for three or four years without a whole lot of other um, competition internally against him. So, I think he's a good player, but, like, to be a the all-time leader at something at a school um, is a big deal. And But I, I just don't think he's, like... It was a big deal to him. Well, no, I don't yeah. think it's it's a... I don't know what how he felt about it, but I just like if you say where does he rank? I don't see him as one of the the best couple. I, I mean, there's a lot of really we've had some really good receivers over the over the years. Well, not a lot, but there was there's a handful that I just I think is like wow, those guys were really good and did special things. Where JD was just I felt solid at everything and. You know, there there you can flip what I'm about to say the other direction to a certain extent, but J.D. Spielman felt like a big stats guy on a bad team guy. Well, that's what he was, right? So I never know what to make of those guys. You, you never know, like, you know, there's certain guys that that put up a big numbers and and they're on shitty teams. Yeah. Like, let's call it like it is. J.D. Spielman was on shitty football teams. Mm-hmm. Shitty football teams are airing it out because they're, they're getting beat. And I don't know. Like, he always, like, he just, he strikes me as that guy that, like, that was on, he wasn't on very good teams. Like you said, he had, he played a lot. He had a lot of opportunities. Uh, So I, I just don't think, like, the, how he would be 
looked at in the record books with actually how good he was to me the, I don't think he was as good as his records would indicate but at the same time JD Spielman was a pretty good player yeah. I mean so I don't want to like crap on him too much but I guess I'm not like I, I didn't ever feel like I was like man let me tell you something JD Spielman bro hey well this so guy he, here's what's funny is you know when somebody leaves you don't want to be the people they're like mad at somebody for leaving like he left because he left but to me as like as a nebraska guy who loves nebraska it's really hard for me to understand no i don't i don't you know what i'm saying like it's hard for me to understand the situation he's in is not good for transferring no he's already put in the time and is a chance to break all these records and help this team that he's been with for four full years and he'd rather not. So, I mean, everybody has their own, you know, relationships yeah. and reasons. And, um, it's really just hard for me to understand. And, and I'll accept it. There's a good reason. I'll accept it. I just don't know what it, what it is. Yeah, that's it. You're right. Like, and that's the thing is I, you know, listen, everybody's got their life and they got it. JD's got to do what JD wants to do and more power to him. But I'm with you where it's like, I can wrap my mind around Noah Bedroll saying, you know what, I want to play. I'm buried on the depth chart. I want to leave. Like That's where like those types of transfers, I like support to a certain no extent. Doubt. You know? No doubt. No like, doubt. JD, like, J.D. Spielman was was playing, getting, getting the ball. The, Nick, he they was, can't like, get him the ball enough. He basically, like, 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 if you are him right now, the ball's coming to you this year more than you can handle. Right. Do you know how many people around the country would wish to be like, I wish coach would throw me the ball like 10 times a game. Like they always throw JD the ball 10 times a game. No question. So he's got the opportunity. So the coaches aren't not giving him on the opportunities. They're giving him too many opportunities. Yeah. Which makes and he's it, like, doesn't want them. And so you sit there and, and maybe some, you know, we're, we'll get into, I guess, like, you know, the, the elephant in the room. Well, like, yeah. I mean the elephant in the room with like, just what his personality, it, you know, like, I, because there, there clearly was kind of a disconnect and there were some issues on some level where, like, for instance, the last time J.D. Spielman spoke to the media was after the Wisconsin game in Frost's first year. A huge game. But that's the last... So, like, there, there was something with him where, you know, like, he didn't want to talk to the media... But you know what? Like, think about the Nebraska media. Like, a bunch of good guys. You know, I like, mean, think of the, like. Brian Christofferson. Yeah. Sean Callahan. Sip and McEwen and, and Sip. Yeah. Like, like, I mean. Like, you're not going to talk to those guys once. Like, I, I, I kind of find it odd that, that he's leaving and he has a chance to set records and he never spoke. Like, everything was kind of pointing towards he just didn't like. He didn't like, I don't know if he didn't like foot. I mean, the sense I got from some know. people is he didn't love football. That's, and here's the thing is. That's you, what you you heard from some, some that, That's That's the sense I've gathered yeah. from whether it's Damon, listening to Damon on the radio, listening to Sam McEwen talk on the yeah. radio. I think there's a lot of people that have, have insinuated or intimated at the fact that J.D. Spielman had other interests and football wasn't necessarily number one on his list, which is fine. It I mean, is. You and, you and I played with a lot of different people. I think a lot of fans would be surprised how many guys you played with at Nebraska, I played with at Kansas, I played with at Creighton, that actually didn't necessarily love football or basketball. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think a lot of very talented people they're born with talent and the like the the same absolute love for the game doesn't necessarily have to be there for less talented people to, to succeed so the less talented people sure. have to absolutely yeah. live it right breathe it eat sleep it you know like you got to do every little thing possible just to to make it and survive where we all know like there's a lot of players that are just they're really just good they're just born good, and they have the luxury of not having to. And so I think that, but that's always hard. That's a hard line with with teams because 
it's hard to have a guys that are sold out on all those little things and all the attitudes towards it. And then you have people that have the talent and sometimes don't care as much. About See that. And that's, that gets to the heart of what I think one of the interesting, well, real quick, let me, before I get to like what I think, like talking about guy, like the weird thing is, is that the majority of people that I were, that I played basketball with that didn't actually love basketball, they were big guys. Yeah. And the reason they played was because they were just They big. were 6'9". They were 7 feet they tall. They were 7 feet tall. So it's like, well, of course I'm going to play basketball because I'm 7 feet tall, but I don't really love it. Yeah. I rarely found a 6-foot guard that hated the game. Yeah. And I, I like. I guess that's the one thing that's you, weird. You can't be J- Brandon Rigoni. And hate. Football. And hate it. <laughs> you have to be. You know. You have to love it to an insane level. You have to. And, you know, you can't be Matthew Della Vadova and hate basketball. Nope. You could be uh, Andrew Bynum and not like basketball because you just you seven one and you're long and you're you know and, and you're playing just because that like so usually the guys that that don't love football are the guys that hit that genetic lottery from a size standpoint but maybe maybe JD you know with his his dad and that influence and but like if he was da- he was pushed into football but his and- dad's a so his dad's the GM for the Vikings. It would make me think he would love football. You would think, but maybe, but maybe he did that. Maybe he played football. Maybe he was. Maybe his natural genetic lottery thing was that he was just naturally good at football, and the and so he felt like he had to do it because his dad loved it. But maybe he didn't love it. I don't know. We're psychoanalyzing aspects of JD Spielman that we have no idea about. We don't know. But all I know is that that's kind of what people have. have hinted at with him but I think the crux one of the things I said this to you before we got started because I've think, been thinking about this it's an interesting spot for Frost and one of the interesting things with JD specifically is when you're Frost and you're trying to build a program which he is he's trying to build it back up right and one of your best players and most productive players doesn't exemplify all of the things that you're trying to instill into that foundation and do- isn't a leader and isn't one of those guys that is just off the charts on all the things, loves the game, all student of the game. All, like when they don't exemplify all those things, that's hard. It's very hard. Because you're, you're on one end, you're frost and you want to win games. And, of course, J.D. Spielman gives you the best chance to win games. But if he's not – but you're also establishing the foundation and what things are, have to look like Monday through Friday. And if, you, and if you're – and if that – if those two things don't align, that can get hard. Yeah. Think about that receiver's room, right? So – you spend the most time in, on a football team in your position group meetings. Right. So if you're DB, you're with the DBs, linebackers with the linebackers, O-lines together, and the wide receivers are together. And our wide receiver position has probably been the thinnest on the team for oh God. two years now. And last year... Oh, it was like- by a long shot the most thin position we had. And JD was the oldest and he was the veteran. He was basically the role model for everybody else in that room. Mm. So I'm just thinking about this at lately as I'm saying it. Yeah, I I hadn't thought about where you're going with that. And so you know, it's, look, it's maybe not fair to put it all on him. No, I mean we're but- speculating because we don't know, right? Yeah. Until unless you're the guys in the room you don't know. But I, I have a hunch that, you know, going forward, you know, JD didn't speak to the media, didn't show outwardly that he. I haven't heard from anybody that he loved the game or that he loved yeah. that he loved being in Nebraska or playing, you know, so or being a leader or whatever. Right? Yeah, I just think by all accounts he wasn't. You you talk to anybody around the program. I don't think anybody would when they talk about like a leader. I don't think they think of they're going to say J.D. Spielman. I haven't heard that. Hey, guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. And I, I want to 
make sure that you guys understand that Pella Windows of Omaha and Lincoln, they're following CDC guidelines uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customer's home. And all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days if uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha-Lincoln area. Bottom line, they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home, and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella, so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. So you got to think, okay, well, now it's going to be a younger room, but like Wandale, Wandale is kind of the in terms of personality like the kind of guy you want yeah. to be a leader and it kind of exemplifies the things i think frost probably wants more um but there's not going to be a whole lot of like veteran leadership in that room at all now but it's also there's not going to be like i said i don't know what jd's influence was but here's what's weird though as we say all this stuff i remember how like in that like JD wasn't didn't play like a puss, and didn't play no, soft. I never call him soft. No, he, so I, that's what's so weird about it is usually like, usually the dudes that maybe like all like what we just kind of laid out about him like doesn't love didn't love football at other interests like those guys like when stuff gets hard they usually want nothing to do with it. Yeah, JD, all, all I just remember that Illinois game this year, and. That dude went over the middle, and Martinez was was hanging him out, and dude was was going up top, catching balls, and getting rocked. Yeah. And I, so, so what's hard is like, you know, you maybe question maybe what's going through his head and all that stuff, but like, also he was a guy that like on the on the field like he wasn't soft. No, I mean, here, here's the hard part. He was hurt all the time. I, I would, I wanted him to come back. So did I. We needed him. And maybe a part of this is like, we're like, darn it. We're mad that he's leaving, that we're kind of like questioning his his right. motives and his his mentality towards Nebraska. And maybe justifiably, like maybe that we're right. But we just don't know for sure. Um, but it, I, I'd say one thing we're not going to do is question his toughness on the field or – his effort on the field was really good. So, right. I mean, that's the stuff that um, I'm not even going to, for a second, criticize his play because he was productive. But what's hard, though, is uh, I've been, and you have too because we both have gone through it, I've been the young freshman coming into a program, and I've also been the, the, the upperclassman that is established starter. And I know the importance of both those situations on how when you're a freshman, you come in, you it is really important that you have someone above you, like you know, an upperclassman or a starter or whatever, that you can follow their lead, model their behavior, uh, ask them questions. They can kind of basically be that coach in the locker room for you. That shit is really important. Yeah. And, and and like I wonder what that was like in the over the last couple of years where JD Stanley I think cuz by all accounts Stanley's the like unbelievable personality. If you ever sit like Stanley's yeah. got one of those guys, you know, like a smile that lights up the room uh very you know like I think Stanley I think I think so I think as much as we talked about how 
boy, I tell you what, you remove Stanley off the field, it 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 shows JD's maybe not as good as you think he is. But how, I wonder how much it is that if you were to take Stanley out of the receivers room, how much all of a sudden JD's leadership impact becomes a issue too. Yeah, I guess I have I have no idea what JD's um, relationship was with the rest of his teammates. That would be that would be. Uh, Wandale tweeted like uh, you know like brother forever, love you, whatever. So some of that extent, but there's a big difference. There's a big difference between being friends with someone and being and, like and and leading and teaching someone. Yeah, because I, I know you know what I mean. I know the like. From going through it, there there was just those moments where you, as like if you were, if you were the leader in your room, you went out of your way for those young guys, and you you were conscious about like, oh, these young guys need help now. This is the time I've been waiting five years to step up to the plate and do this, and you like you want to do it yes. as the old guy, like you want to show them not only like how to do things, but also like, hey, this is what you do for the young guys. So when you get here. It's your turn to like, yes, you know, return the favor. And so that's, that's where like, it's so hard for me to understand this. Like I'm a senior, I'm going to transfer now. And I get, I, I have the playing time in front of me. I don't understand. J- Here's what it is, Bill. JD Spielman has had and has what 99% of players dream about to be the starter be the focal point of game plans to be a huge part of winning and lo- you know like yeah. he has what everybody every player every wide receiver that right now is in high school that is dreaming about being in college and playing wide receiving college, like J.D. Spielman has what all those people are dreaming about and so it's just hard to understand why someone would just not be like I don't want that I don't but, I mean, but see, that's why I guess uh, maybe that's why I said at the start that I don't think he's gonna play football anymore because I'm like how could you give this up but yet still want to play football there there's something to it that that we don't know so I think that's we need to be respectful of what we don't know. Yeah, and, and maybe I've done a poor job of that I, throughout I mean, this pod I've, here maybe, like I've I, probably been too critical here um just because it's like like i said we we wish he was still here but um there's got to be something we don't know that is because it doesn't make sense nothing about this all i can go at it is all i can i can just go off of what i know and what i see and when i try to combine what i know and what i see it doesn't make a lot of sense doesn't it just doesn't i mean and so yeah, it, I don't know, man. It's like, I mean, because, you know, you, I think what we're getting at, one of the questions uh, a lot of people have asked is like, well, how big of a deal is this as we cash this bottle of wine? I love it. Wine's gone. Wine is gone. It's gone, guys. It's gone. Because uh, I think one of the questions people have asked is how big of a deal is this? I don't want, I don't necessarily want to sit here and say, ah, it's no big deal at all. Because like, let's be honest, J.D. Spielman was one of the, if you pulled all of Nebraska football fans. Also, I mean, there's a lot of people there. Maybe if if you could vote who's the best player on the team, some of them would vote for J.D. Spielman. I wouldn't, but like some would. But he's unequivocally one of the four most important players. With with our lack of depth at wide receiver, I mean, if you call Wandale a wide receiver right now, he's our best receiver. But Wandale is sort of the hybrid, you know, slot slash running back like he's that's his yeah. role the they call it the duck or the whatever yeah. but we don't have another receiver other than jd no. so his importance this year was was critical so yeah he's he's not our best player but he's one of the most important players and now he's gone so it, so it, in that sense it's a big like i don't want to sit i don't want to sit deal. here like this hey don't let the door hit you where the you know like I don't want to be like that and be like we're this is no because if he said he wanted to play I'd be like come here and play yes but because what's amazing is and Jacob Padilla he tweeted this out I wrote some of it down like the wide receiver room now with JD Spielman gone Wandale Robinson has forty 
receptions, 450 yards, and two touchdowns. The next highest is Cade Warner with eight catches. After that, you got Chris Hickman with one catch. Essentially zero production. Let's be honest. Outside of Wondell Robinson, you have nothing. In terms of proven guys that have lined up in Memorial Stadium under the lights against other Division I Big Ten teams and ran a route and caught a pass. Here's and, what, here's what's so hard now, all right? So looking ahead the season, our our favorite guy of the offseason, Omar Manning. Yeah, right? shouts out to O. I call him O. You guys are tight. You're close. <laughs> Um, he's been the talk of the off season. Yes. He was our number one recruit we landed. And it's amazing how much of our season kind of hinges on this guy that has never played real division one college football. Yes. And how much we're assuming he's good because I mean, this guy hasn't learned the playbook gone through the practice earn the right to catch the ball can prove that he can do it in the big stage like all the things that give you comfort the jd has done this guy hasn't done that how can you i mean i hope this is true now that it's like after the fact but like anybody that can truthfully look someone else in the eye and unequip now they don't play exactly the same position and do the same things and their builds are different but can you unequivocally say Omar Manning is going to be better than J.D. Spielman? I can't say I that right now. I cannot. I don't even know that he's good. Like, I mean, you don't know. And, the, and, and that's the problem is one of the pro- – and we've talked about this before in other pods. Like, at Nebraska, we fall into this trap all the time of anointing people before they ever do it, before they ever actually step on the field and – complete a pass or run for a touchdown or catch a ball or tackle someone. The reality of the deal is yes, Omar Manning has a lot of the measurables and the credentials that you would think would translate and lead you to believe that he's going to be good, but you don't know. And one of the things that's hard, you know, who was, if I'm not mistaken, you know, who was a highly touted here's, you know, what's, what's, scary for me or not scary or what gives me like I'm excited about Omar Manning but you know and this isn't fair on to Omar but you know who is really highly touted guy Will Honus you know out of Juco you know is a really highly touted guy out of Juco Greg Bell you know is a really highly touted guy out of Juco Jerron Woodyard all those guys Greg Bell lasted four games <laughs> Jerron Woodyard didn't do anything and Will Honus got hurt but I don't think Will's been as good as maybe some people hoped he would be yeah and receivers like even like receivers one of those that you kind of got it or you don't like right uh, you know what I'm saying where uh, I don't know I mean Omar Manning the fact that he's more you know he's he's matured you know he's got a couple years like he's a He's, this is his fourth year. Right. He's got two years to play, right? So I'll at least give him that he, like, if these coaches are evaluate, evaluating correctly and they say he can do it, he should be able to do it because he's far enough along that it's not a project, right? Mm-hmm. Where the freshmen coming in that are like, like the Zoggy Betts, this kid You're from, projecting and be like, well, if he grows and develops into this. Yeah. Like, like Omar Manning is a is a finished product in terms of like kind of like a lot of the build and the size and all that stuff. I mean, you'd hope that like the top, he's a top one or two. I think he's a top. He was the number one JUCO wide receiver in the country. Like you'd hope that that like the people that project this stuff do it like they know what they're talking about, right? right? And he was, I think, he was the number like two overall JUCO recruit in the whole country, right? So you hope that they get that stuff a little bit, you know, cl- close Which more to often than not, they do. Yeah. But so in the same token, these freshmen coming in, like, and these second year guys that have been in the program, one or two of those guys have to contribute this year. And the hard part is normally those type of guys aren't ready yet. 
unless they're freakishly good. So uh, other than Omar Manning, you got to have one or two of those other guys contribute at wide receiver. These incoming freshmen or second-year redshirt freshmen have to contribute because we don't have JD now. And so that's where I could argue. Now, I could make an argument that, like, ultimately success hinges on the trenches. And we can talk about all this stuff all we want, but, like, if Nebraska's good in the D-line and the O-line, they're going to be a decent football team. But I could make a case that the the coach that has the most, I don't know if you want to call it pressure on them, is Lubick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the guy that has the thinnest wide receiver room with the youngest group that has to get. He's got to expedite Omar Manning's process. Who is is it? Who's the kid from Bell West? Is it Xavier Betts? Betts? Yeah. yeah, he's got to get Betts ready to rock and ready to be be ready to deal with. Like he's Lubick's going to earn his paycheck this year. I mean, it's just hard, Nick. I'm just telling you, my philosophy is don't count on true freshmen. Well, usually, yeah. Well, I mean, he, do well, not the, count on true freshmen. See, here's the, here's the scary thing: is like, okay, you have a you have Martinez, who obviously took a step back last year, but we saw what he could be. That's the difference between like, at least Martinez has shown what he can do. Yeah, you know, like we're not assuming anything. Like Martinez, if Martinez would just come back and be how good he was as a freshman, that's still a really good player. Yeah. You know, uh. But, but, Bo, you think about the offense last year, which wasn't great, or even let's just say the last two years. If we start listing the really productive players, you know, Stanley Morgan two years ago, obviously not here. Uh, J.D. Spielman, like we're talking about, obviously not here. Divino Zigbo, obviously gone, wasn't here all last year because he graduated. And then there's Maurice Washington. Out of here. So, like, when you... And then, and then you, know, you have your Mills, then you have Martinez, then you have Wandale. So, like, of your proven, productive dudes, all you have that have proven they can do anything at this level are Adrian Martinez and Wandale Robinson. Mill, Mills, I think Mills, to, Mills' second half of the year was... Yeah, Mill, I'll give it, yeah. His second half of the year was was good. His, he struggled. He really struggled coming out of the gates, but... Um, it's encouraging to see that he, he, the way he improved was impressive. I'll give. Him I agree. That. I just it'll be interesting to see what this offense looks like next year. Here, I mean, best case scenario, one of these freshman running backs can contribute, right? And one of these freshman receivers, and the and we're relying on this JUCO kid to be a good player. If that that's best case scenario, worst case scenario. We're the same offense we were last year. Right. I mean, I but don't if, think we can get much worse than last year. If Martinez, at the very least, returns to what he was as a freshman, but we hope he can improve. And then Mills can continue the progression that he was making in the latter stages of last year. And then hope that one, I mean, then Wandale, I feel like, I feel like Wandale is going to have a monster year. Like a, good, a monster a year. Yeah. If Manning and Betts hit, you got some. You know, you got you got yourself a little some some. If those guys can actually be threats, like they don't have to be all conference players. They got to be serviceable threats. And then Wandale is our prime guy, and Mills is better. And then if one of those freshmen can contribute. And then Martinez, the pressure is off Martinez because he'll have options. He'll feel like he can throw it anywhere. And our line should be better because it's the same line right. we've had for two or three years, which is that's that's comforting in, in its own right. But um, I really think this year is going to come down to three position groups. Give it to me. Wide receivers. Can somebody step up and, yeah. and contribute? And be serviceable and let us run our offense to the to right, the how, yeah the way we want to. Um, outside linebackers and defensive line. Yeah, D line has to be on there because we're D line. I mean, we're replacing everybody. Right. Three guys that are you know pros now, and 
outside linebackers, we couldn't rush the passer last year. Right. So the receivers, outside linebackers, D-line, if those three positions can step up, we're I think we're in a much better place than maybe even people are expecting. And then the other thing, too, is uh, with Martinez, like hopefully – I still think he was way more injured – and banged up throughout last year than than everyone maybe realized. And it'd be huge if he if he's healthy, you'd imagine if like you're healthy, you're just gonna play better. Yeah. You're gonna be more, you're you're just everything's you're gonna be better at everything. You're gonna be more willing to run. Decision making is gonna be a little bit better. But the thing that's too bad is like, and you know, I I'd, I'd assume this is that time of year where like Martinez needs to be with Omar Manning and Betts and Wandet like that's where these guys develop their their timing and their and and all that stuff and that's why this summer is that's the thing that is is really frustrating as we talked about when all this stuff canceled spring ball was like this was really impactful for Nebraska just because Nebraska needs every single rep of every single practice they can yeah. get and a big part of that is Martinez with the wide receivers well though so those red shirt freshman receivers and then you know the guys that that are still there with the Warner and Hickman. And um, this was their time to, to solidify themselves. And now those, those guys are hurt more than anybody. I mean, the, the, the people incoming, were going to be incoming anyway, but the guys that, that had a chance to really make some gains didn't get their opportunity. So no. those red shirt freshman receivers, there's a couple of them that, uh, you know, I think those guys would have been, if they have the ability that would have been big for them and, they did not get the opportunity. So it'll be interesting, man. I don't, so what's your – I feel like I'm – you you immediately made me change my stance because it's like if Wondell or if J.D. was going to be done, why would he enter the transfer portal? Like do you think – do you think J.D. Spoon plays football next year? He's in the transfer portal. Yeah. I think he's going to. I think he's going to transfer to somewhere that we're going to be like, really? I, I mean, Minnesota seems too easy. Seems too easy to me. Yeah. Because that's always that was the first place I thought. I mean, the first place I thought was like, if this dude goes to Minnesota. But I just don't know under what it would be. It especially I feel like Nebraska is not going to play nice, like we said. I just don't know how the process of him getting a waiver now seems like it'd be challenging. But at the same time, we don't know how the NCAA is going to go about handling the waiver process with the virus because at the end of the day jd spillman would be going home he is going home and didn't he say i mean and we need to be fair to him he was yeah, he's yeah, having health, like health, yeah he was having a health a mental, mental yeah it was, health i think issues? it was a it was some sort of issue some sort of health issue i don't know if it was i think it might have been mental so like there, there's a there's a there's ingredients there yeah that if put together in a certain way the NCAA would go, okay, here's a guy that was having mental health issues. The coronavirus hits. Yeah. He wants to go home. It may be harder for Nebraska to say no to that. But, boy, yeah. I tell you. I guess you. I don't know the exact rules on how that works. but Well, here's that's why I think so many people are going for I think I think one of the, one of the motivations for the one-time transfer rule to go into effect is we would do away with what we're talking about. Yeah. Like, of the just case-by-case... Uh, no consistency, having to guess how yeah. who gets a waiver, who doesn't, why. Well, if this person does, why wouldn't this person? You know what I mean? It, it's it would it would make it it would provide some uniformity, which would be nice. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I uh, it's 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 just dicey though because like, can you go chase titles in almost like they do in the NBA, like? Yeah, I mean it, it's it'd be I, that's why I've said like, oh, I've, Ohio State's got a great team this year. Like, and I I'm a pretty good player. Can I go there this year? I've I help have, them out, and get them over the hump. Like, what? I gave a whole impassioned pod on everybody argues from their vantage point with this. Of course, players love it because it's you know it gives them freedom and power and all that. Co of course, coaches hate it because it makes their job harder, but. The one perspective 
I don't hear a lot of is is what's best for the game and the sport. And in my opinion, the one free transfer rule is not what's best for for. I was focusing on the sport of college basketball, but I even think for the sport of college football, I don't know, man. I mean, I, like, ultimately, and if we're going on what's fair and what's all this stuff, like, okay, I can get with all that. But, like, if we're truthfully coming at it as what is best for the sport, it's not. I best. have a hard no. time feeling like one-time transfers. Because college football is so much better than college basketball. Yes. And all the transferring and all the one-and-dones is what's the problem with college basketball and the closer the college football goes to that model where i've heard talk of like hey if somebody can go pro let them go pro and i'm like but then it's we're going to turn to college basketball where it's it's such a worse product then. that's what the the biggest because because you're saying like my the biggest problem college basketball has is a lack of continuity got one and dones transfers guys leaving early the that's what ki- it, it makes the whole product suffer because naturally if you know you're having a, every year Duke has to have a new team and Kentucky has to have a new team and you're always breaking in a new group you're not going to be as good and then the lack of continuity from a fan interest standpoint my analogy was like what's the the better book to read or TV show is Game of Thrones where you have all these characters established over the course of you know a long period of time rather than each episode is a different set of characters and a different storyline. That's yeah. where college basketball has become a bunch of short stories. Each season its own is its own individual short story. Where college football, you get continuity with it. And that's where college, co- college football better be careful. Because what college football has going for it is that it had like that you have to be in college, you have to be in college for what, three years before yeah. you can you can go into the NFL. Like there isn't a one-time free transfer thing. Like that's hard, man. Yeah, I mean, like Tre- Trevor Lawrence is on his third year as a starter now. You know, like he could have went pro after his first year. Trevor Lawrence or Tua would have been top five picks. And, and you know what? Like it's hard to not to tell somebody to go make money because, like that. That's it's part of like. Part of being an American, yeah, yeah you can go right. make money, right? So I, I have a hard time defending that, but same time, like, like you look at the game now, and it's like, gosh, the game is so much better that Tua and Trevor Lawrence kept coming back, and their teams were like built around them, and like you knew that was part of like part of that product, and it's like, man, it's such a better game. There's no question. Even like if Justin Fields at Ohio State like left. It's it's like I'm sorry. College football is better that Justin Fields is coming back because then you spend and, you spend the whole year getting to know these guys versus like once they are like have proven to be good, then that like then they get those special years like like well, an Eric Crouch senior year. Where you're like, oh my god! It's like yes, it, you know, you get to have the Heisman campaign like ready to go for a guy like Crouch, you know, and like Trevor Lawrence, the Heisman campaign's ready. Yes. Like he's got a marketing team at Clemson, like ready to go. And what he's got to do is just make some magic, which is, you know, it's probably on the way. And that's the stuff that people will take with them forever that you don't get if Trevor Lawrence as this freshman guy that, like, oh, halfway through the year he starts playing and, oh, they won a national title. He's got a lot of potential to go to the pros. That's it. That's college basketball, and that's why college basketball sucks right now. And the, and the, and that's what, and so I just think you got to be, and that's what I don't understand why. Like it's one of the things why the NFL and college football have been a good. Like the NFL has basically their own developmental system. It's college football. Yeah. They and and the way things are set up rule wise, they get more mature, proven players by the time they get into the NFL. That's what I've never seen with college. Like, I would think the NBA and college basketball actually, like, have more – their interests are more aligned than you think. I'm sure the NBA would want a more mature, proven, marketable player than the one-and-done guys. And and college basketball, of course, would rather have, you know, your, your – uh, and, I'm you know, your Zions and your R.J. Barrett's or whatever stay for more than one year. 
Like you just would. I don't know. Like I just call. I think that the the problem with college basketball is they like the sport is different than football. Like football, it's like the thought of somebody being able to go from high school to to pro football. Yeah, it's, it's, I just don't think it's physically possible. Right. I, maybe one in a once in a generation or something. Right. But college basketball, like you do have that opportunity. Basketball lends itself to being able to go like straight to the pros. If you're Kobe or if you're one of those three, maybe three guys a year that LeBron, can do it. it well, I mean, in all reality, it's, but like, but even like, okay, there's even between just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Well, some of those guys weren't like, even good. Like the, the Darius miles and those I mean, guys, like they could do it, but they weren't, they weren't as good as they should have been. Right. But I, I think that's where college basketball, they just need to draw the line and say, okay, for those who can, do it. For everybody else, it's a minimum of two years. Otherwise, the whole, like, you're going to college, it's not real. Because you really are going there for six months. Because, because but, uh, but, and what's interesting, because, I mean, what people understand is that's a that's an NBA rule. Yeah. Like, a lot of people blame college basketball. It's like, that, it's an NBA rule. That's the but, NBA's rule. But uh, in terms of, like, you know, an age limit, or, you know, an age minimum, all that stuff. Like, but what I don't understand, what... It seems like, again, like I said, like I actually think if you would sit college basketball and the NBA down at a table, their interests are more aligned than you think they are. Absolutely they are. I mean, I don't care what anybody... If Zion Williamson doesn't go to Duke, he's not near as marketable uh, or as big Nick, of a star as he is I'm now. just telling you, if Zion had two years at Duke, he'd be a bigger star in the NBA. Right. That and, second year at Duke... Makes him a bigger star than arguably he would be after the one year. So after two years, because everybody would be watching him the full season, only him in college basketball. Right. And then when he goes to the NBA, I mean, yeah, he went number one, but I'm saying like he is a bigger deal. And maybe maybe he's not the right example, but like there's like uh, DeAndre Ayton, the big kid from Arizona a couple years ago. Like it would have been better for everybody. Do you know how many times I saw him playing college? And you know how many times you probably watched him play even at Phoenix? It's like zero. So two goose eggs because for, for, for they don't that, let somebody develop in the league. And 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 so it's just, I just hope that in the midst of all this legislation and changing that we're trying to do, I hope someone, again, I understand, everybody argues stuff from there, what's, what is best for them. I totally get why players would want one free transfer. And I totally get why coaches wouldn't want one free transfer. But, like, sometimes a part of being, like, a leader is being able to st to take a step back and see what is best for the sport and make the decisions in that regard. But I don't – I mean, because otherwise you might get a – you know, you might get a J.D. Spielman. Like, if the rules – I mean, I know he's already redshirted, but, like, you know, he would – if if – you know, he maybe could have just left and got Wandell Robinson. If you wanted to go to Ohio State this year, he can go. Is that, is that what everybody wants? I don't know, man. That's it's hard. That's hard. That's hard. That is that is hard to do. So to put a bow on it, I mean, it's hard with the JD Spielman thing because we're all at the end of the day. There's a void of information. There's a big void of information of knowing exactly what first of all is inside of his head and what was going on behind the behind the scenes. All I know is it's a big blow to this year's team. Um, he had an opportunity in front of him that very, 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 very few players have to not only be the starter and get a ton of targets and opportunities, but he had a chance to leave Nebraska as the, as the all-time leader in catches and yards, and he chose to say thanks but no thanks. It'll be interesting to see where that cat ends up. I'm thinking Cracker Barrel University. Cracker Barrel University. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know how this dude's going to get if away. If he goes to Minnesota, that's the one place I would actually be pissed. I'd be like, Screw I think there'd be that. a lot of people that would Screw not be, that. That would not be very happy about that at all. Right? What was that thing that uh, the NFL got in trouble? Was it that when they were? What was it? <laughs> 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 what, what were they doing? They were uh, tampering. No, they were they were like, uh, what were they called? Headhunting. Oh yeah, yeah. Bounty, bounty, bounty gate. Yeah, the bounty. Yeah. There might be some bounty gate for the, hey, that's bruh, bounty gate type of shit. Bro, when when 
if J.D. Spielman goes to Minnesota, there's going to be a bounty gate for that dude. Oh, I mean, I'm just telling you. But what's weird, though, is if Nebraska, if, if, see, but here's, here's why it's different. If when Nebraska plays Rutgers, I don't think there's necessarily a bounty on Vedral. But Vedral didn't, like, Vedral got beat out. Vedral wasn't going to play. JD was going to be, not just play, he was going to be the man. I mean, in all reality, there is no man in football because it's not, like basketball. There's like a guy that's the man. Like football, there's usually like a couple of people. He was gonna be. It was gonna Wanda, be Martinez, Wandale, and JD. Who gets the ball as much as they want? Those three guys. I mean, it, basketball is a good comparison because it's like if you if you were on a team, you're like Nick. We need you to take 50 shots a game. He'd be yeah. like, "Sorry, I'm transferring to your conference yeah. rival." Right. Like what? I know. I don't get it. I don't. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it either. All right. The wine is gone, and we have a choice to make whether or not we're going to drink more wine or we're going to wrap this up. But we're going to wrap this up right now. Cheers. Hey, J.D. Spoon. You know what, man? Best of luck to you. Best of luck. Best of luck to you. Just don't go to Minnesota, dog. Don't be lame. (laughs) I hear Cracker Barrel University (laughs) just redid their locker room. French toast in every locker. Hey. Hey, they, <laughs> they give you. They they're an up-and-coming program. They're an up-and-coming program. All right. In the meantime, I haven't said this wrong. Make sure you subscribe to the pod. Give it a rating. Give it a review. All that stuff helps you boy out. It also helps you to make sure you don't miss a single episode of the pod. Uh, until I get my next shipment of wine and we get a wine pod, uh, we'll have to wait patiently for the next time. You want to do this tomorrow? Should we do this tomorrow? We should. We have lots to talk about. We, uh, we, we got to like five different topics that we didn't uh, – that we didn't get to but we'll get to it man all right we will we will get to it all right all right my thanks to pella windows and doors if you're thinking about a new window or a new front door now is the perfect time give pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at pellaomaha.com we will see you next time on the nick bob podcast Production.